and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. I'm John Engel. And I'm Mitch Bryan, and today we're looking at Minute 87, which begins with Ash admiring the alien and ends with Ripley saying, we'll take our chances in the shuttle. And once again, we're joined by actor Ian McNeese. You may know him as Burt Large from the hit series Doc Martin. Welcome back. Hello, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming back today. All the way from London here. Well, John, um, we're kind of dropping back into the middle of this conversation and the big speech, the big moments coming up here. Yeah. I think it's a very poetic way that he sort of speaks lovingly about the alien. Yeah. This is a, one of those good moments. We've talked about the speech a little bit already in the last minute, kind of uh, teased our admiration of the speech. Um, but to get into the details of it, both in the writing process of it and uh, what what's being done here from a screenwriter's perspective, and also from the point of view of just the audience enjoying a good performance, while the, some of the exposition, like we said in the last minute, was, is very heavy-handed, this is one of those great writing moments where we want to think uh, that they are completely doomed. So I think that's what they're trying to convey here. We need to say, you can't kill this thing. Now, as he is an android, he could have said it in a very logical, cold way. There's a lot of ways they could have done this. Giving it this nice poetic, kind of philosophical, this ad, uh, his admiration of it, and what that's saying about the character makes it very rich. Where it could have just been like a, another check mark of exposition, it was. It turned out to be a whole lot more. I think it sets the stakes, and it makes it it makes it all more dangerous. That's for sure. Well, it says so much more about Ash too. Really, this is the only bit of Ash we get post Android reveal, right? So before this, he's just been mysterious, odd, quirky. Uh, obviously suspicious from time to time. Violent. Violent then. But now we actually get kind of raw ash. We're actually getting, okay, what's he about? And what's he, what he's about? You know, he is a science officer. He's programmed to be that. So he, that is really what he is. We're finally getting, okay. He's been very evasive about <laughs> being his duties as a science officer. He hasn't really been coming through. And Ripley's been the one calling him out for it this whole time. But here we're getting a, a scientific evaluation of this entity that, correlates to what he is so much that he waxes poetic about it and i think that that's where his admiration comes from what he's describing mitch i think you would you would agree is that he's describing what he is like something cold and something that has a singular motive and um well uh, he can be stopped but the alien can't that would be the difference i guess it makes me wonder if since this stuff was shot after the fact yeah whether having just that to do i don't think the other actors are there for him so the camera's just on him they're working just with him because they brought him back to reshoot a bunch of stuff right maybe it helped the performance you know maybe it made him feel truly like the center of attention as opposed to just a head in the table ian i've got a question for you of course so we mentioned before this multiple camera business and the fact that this is being shot clearly being covered with with two cameras um, do you have a preference as, a, as an actor? Do you, does it matter to you if you're working in a situation where there's two cameras on you? Or would you prefer having the one to know exactly where it is and where to aim for? Well, quite a lot of time you, you do that thing where you, you try and find out if it's a single camera. Um, what, what, I mean, how wide they are, whether it's a close-up at that point. or what, You have this thing with your arm where you raise it up and down, try to find out where they're actually going to shoot. But when they've got two cameras on you, it, it's, a, it's much more sort of um, much more interesting to find out uh, um, how, the, how that's going to work. And that, that in a way, uh, means that, uh, I mean, on the day when you're working with two cameras, which we do a lot with Doc Martin, I have to say, because it's a time saver. It's a big time saver. 
And actually what you tend to do then is to blank them both out and just sort of try and do the performance the, the way you're going to do it, really. So you don't think much about that. Trust, trust that they're going to... Trust that they're going to get the shot, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you're a very trusting man. Yep. Uh, Sigourney Weaver showed up on Doc Martin this you season. Know, unbelievable. So what happened with that was that, uh, that there was a, a, a chat show called the Ross show over here. Uh, and um, Martin Clunes was on it. He's the guy who plays the lead in Doc Martin. And so was Sigourney Weaver. And it turned out on the show that he, she was a big fan of Doc Martin. And afterwards she said to Martin, she'd love to be on it. And he didn't think any more about it. He thought, oh, she was being kind of that. But it, it, it actually transpired that she had been at drama school with one of the main actors in the show, a, a, a a lady called Serena, uh, uh, who plays the part of the pharmacist, Mrs. Tischel. And they were at drama school together um, in London, and they'd, be, they'd remained friends ever since. Uh, and she'd watched the show from the start and really was a fan of the show. So, so sure enough, they get together, and they fly her over. And she comes to do this wonderful little uh, uh, you know, one-day shoot, really, in which he plays an American tourist, very, very well, and they dress her like an American tourist, which is great. Comes into the pharmacist, so she has a little bit of work with the actress she knows, but then has a real old sort of set to with the doctor, played by Martin Clunes, uh, and, and it was a treat. Now we're all thinking, who's going to come next? It's going to be like Friends, really. We're going to have to have Brad Pitt or somebody. <laughs> you know, the next time we shoot, we'll have to have one American star next time we go out next, next uh, year when we do another which will be series eight then. So we'll have to have someone else. I'm going to, I'm going to vote for Yafit Koto or Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> oh yeah. Harry Dean Stanton <laughs> would be amazing. Absolutely. Talk about no, it. No, no. <laughs> You'd have to write a real fish out of water role for yes, Harry exactly. Dean Stanton. I would... Harry Dean Stanton. That's my vote. Yeah. I'm going to put that in for them now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you know, what was really sweet was, I mean, I was determined to, uh, um, I have this little book that I make every season and, and people have got to sign up their photograph and then sign and talk about working on the show, all the actors that have been on the show. And I've got about, oh, I don't know, about four or five these books now. And I was determined to get Sigourney Weaver. And so I, I'm waiting outside of a trailer thinking, you know, is this the right time to approach? And I knock on the door. And she opens the door and she goes, Bert! It's you, Bert. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. Sigourney Weaver knows who I am. It's, it's fantastic. So she had me in. We had a little chat. She signed the book. She is so tall. I come up to her shoulder. I really do. She's a tall lady. Great job. Can we put that picture on the Facebook page? We can definitely do that, yeah. Awesome. Great. Excellent, excellent. I want to get back to Ash's speech here a little bit because he, he comes to the end of the speech itself and Parker pretty much begs Ripley, like, turn this guy off. I'm sick of hearing this shit. And she goes to do it. And, and Ash very interestingly says last words. I want some last words. <laughs> of course, everybody, you always grant the last words, even if you're an Android, I guess. And, uh, and he just takes a shot right, right at Ripley again, doesn't he? I mean, to everyone, but it's going to Ripley. Right across right? the bow. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's been some, you know, on our Facebook page and so on, there's been a little back and forth about what Ash's motivations have been here and there when he does this quirky little thing, specifically the, the quirky poke that he does uh, in an earlier scene to Ripley. Uh, some people seem to think he was he was really trying to mix in and blend in with the rest of the crew and be human. I think this right here proves that he was really just trying to wind him up. 
he gives her a smart ass remark and a big grin and she just pulls the plug right then but he's perfectly happy if that's the way i'm gonna go out at least i got one more shot in what's amazing too is the expression on his face at the minute that she pulls the plug and then they cut to the fake head and he matches the expression yeah. on the fake head just perfectly. It's like this half smile that he clearly, you know, looked at the fake head and said, okay, I need to do that. So I look <laughs> the same. Yeah, you wonder. The, yeah, the, you got a fake head? Yeah, I need that. I need reference material. Please show me the fake head real quick. I a good actor that would be always matches things, right, Ian? <laughs> oh, yeah, please do. Absolutely. <laughs> so I was also going to say we, one more note about Lambert in this scene, too. This is kind of almost a, com- it's not a comedic moment at all, but something that's often been used as a comedic beat in stories is, is one person has the idea earlier and then the other person uses the idea as if it's their own idea. And earlier in the film, Lambert, uh, her wishes, she makes her wishes very clear. Let's get off the ship, blow it up, take our chances. And it's pretty much her exact words. And and when we come to the end of the scene here and they pull the plug on Ash, Ripley just basically repeats exactly what Lambert said. Says, okay, this is what we're going to do, guys. Where normally you would get some kickback like, yeah, what a great idea or something would have happened. to put Poor Lam- Lambert. Lambert's too checked out to even notice. I think she has taken Ash's speech to heart entirely. I think she absolutely does not believe that they're going to survive this. And no getting on the shuttle and blasting, you know, blowing up the Nostromo is going to save them now. I think that she's thoroughly convinced. All right. Does anybody else have anything else for this minute where we can move on to have some uh, fireworks? I don't. Ready to move on. Ian, you have anything else? No, absolutely right. Ian, you have a Twitter account. Where can the listeners find you in the land of tweets? Yeah, it's Ian McNeese. That's I-A-N-M-C-N-E-I-C-E, 1950. You can find us at AlienMinute.com. You could subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. You can also find us on Twitter at AlienMinutePod or on Instagram at AlienMinutePodcast. All right, that'll do it for Minute 87. We'll see you tomorrow for Minute 88.